those of you playing along at home, you've just seen all of my family. And while you've missed me bragging on all of them, know that I'm terribly, terribly proud of all of them. And I said wonderful, nice things about all of them. All right, we'll try and pick up from this point right here. While I'm in town and I'm available, I mix the audio for the live stream, as Todd mentioned, uh, for the two worship services in the sanctuary. So if you ever listen to the live stream at 9.30 and said to yourself, you know, this mix is pretty good, but it needs more cowbell, that's my fault. So, and we do actually have an input for cowbell. What I do for a living is difficult to share in the length of an average elevator ride. In fact, it's actually a standing joke in our industry. If any of you figure out how to tell your mother what you do, please share it with the group. When someone tells you that they are an airline pilot, a doctor, an electrician, an accountant, a pizza delivery guy, it's pretty obvious what they do with those monikers. Audiovisual field engineer and commissioning special, not so much. I have installed AV in conference rooms, boardrooms, classrooms, and churches, Next slide. and video, and <clears throat> all over the United States of America. <clears throat> and they transform from boxes on pallets to finished product. I have traveled to 28 different states and nearly 80 different cities across the US and okay. Toronto, Canada. And I've even installed large video walls like this one at an Apple store in Istanbul, Turkey. And it should have continued on one more, two more slides. There we go. That is about uh, 12 feet tall by 26 feet wide, bigger than life. And actually have one just like it up at uh, Avalon, but I didn't get to build that one. Here in Atlanta, my colleagues and I are proud to call ourselves SEAL Team Alpha. SEAL stands for Specialized Elite Audiovisual Labor and Engineering. Here it comes. Here it comes. It's supposed to. Oh, there we go. We even had t-shirts made. And while this shirt may come off as a bit brash and boastful, it reflects our dedication to excellence and customer satisfaction. Most times that means two customers, the client who hired us and the equipment they who installed the equipment they sold and the end user who has to live with it after we leave. Many times when dispatching a service call, that next uh, shirt, which uh, a bit braggadocious, it's taken off on you, isn't it? It is. Can you stop it? There we go. There we go. We got it. We got it. We hold it right there. Hold it right there. Anyway, quite humbly, I confess that in the AV industry, if I haven't seen it and done it all, I've done about all of it, most of it. So that's the first part, who I am and what I do. And I hope that it intrigued you. Um, but this is where I would like to transition to talk about the God moments in my life. And the first one I want to talk about is getting a second chance to spend quality time with my son, Randy. So now we can start with the next slide. In 2000, I became a volunteer firefighter with the city of Roswell and transitioned with the department to become a part-time paid firefighter in 2002. That year, I lost a lucrative job as a manufacturer's rep for a projection screen company. And so I began looking around and worked several short-time career-oriented jobs during the day over the next two years while spending nights and weekends working the firehouse, 12-hour shifts, sometimes three of them back-to-back. -back. I finally landed a full-time job as a contracted AV engineer at the CDC and also fell into a Sunday job as a front-of-house audio engineer for the contemporary service at Northside Methodist Church. You move that. Meanwhile, I still was logging four to five 12-hour shifts a week at the fire department. And during Randy's high school years, I was on somebody's payroll 96 hours a week. I essentially became an independent, a absentee. Next slide. So I'll fast forward eight years for the sake of brevity, which I'm sure you will all appreciate. 
to the fall of 2014, skipping over a couple of guide moments that involve Houston, Texas, and uh, a handshake in a parking lot. Let me resume at the point where my now married college son double majored in art and religion and working opening shifts at Starbucks came to me and said, Dad, you think I could get a job working for Herman? With fear and trepidation, I helped him to get hired. And at the end of 2018, next slide, he was named Employer of the Year for the entire company. Next slide. His prize was an all-expense-paid trip to the National Convention for the Audiovisual Industry in Orlando, something he enjoyed immensely. Next slide. For six years, we got to work together, travel together, and even once, but only once, spent three weeks sharing a hotel room at a Red Roof Inn in suburban Washington, D.C., where we started work at 5 a.m. every morning. Of course, you know we made a Starbucks room. And let me just tell you, there's something wrong with your life when Siri tells you you're on the best route and you should arrive at your destination in 16 minutes. The Starbucks may not be open when you arrive. <clears throat> Next slide. God blessed me with a second chance to know my son. I'm so grateful. The fun times we shared and the installation challenges we faced together bonded us better than I could have ever dreamed. Next slide. Earlier this year, Randy began a position with an AV company based in Roswell as an AV installation site supervisor, and I couldn't be prouder. In this new role, he is the lead technician and the integration coordinator. He has a crew of young men he is training up, sharing all the knowledge and experiences he gleaned while traveling across the U.S. with Herman. We talk on the phone often, and our wives just roll their eyes when we're all together, and one of us says to the other, let me tell you about this crazy job I just did. So, stop sharing for a moment. Let me double back and pay up some of the IOUs before I get them, I promise you. First of all, I promise to talk about how I met Eileen. This is going to take a minute, but I hope you'll see how God was preparing me for what he had in mind for me despite of my best efforts. As a teenager, I knew that God had a plan for my life, and I wanted to be all in for him. As a college graduate with a degree in communications, this geeky nerd who had some grandiose dreams decided that I needed to be a minister of media for a local church. I went the short direct route and showed up in January of 1985 at the doorsteps of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. I'd been accepted into the new Master of Arts in Communications program, but beyond that, I had no place to stay, no job to support myself, no friends or family in the area, just a goal to get a degree from seminary so that I could become a media minister. While I was in Fort Worth, I wanted to be at a church where I could immediately be an active, important member of the church's media team. So I visited Sagamore Hill Baptist Church, one of the two TV two churches that were on TV every Sunday. They were glad for my interest and even paid me in the form of a scholarship to help with my tuition at the seminary. I learned to run front of house, uh, operate a TV camera, and be a technical director. I also learned to operate a small printing press in the church that they used for their bulletins and weekly announcements and newsletters. One day I was asked to deliver some brochures I had printed to the director of children's ministries, some person named Eileen Jones. I'm told when I left the room, this Eileen person said, who was that cute boy with those gorgeous eyes or something of that nature? Well, suffice it to say, I was wooed and pursued, but I did not offer any resistance. She was pretty, she was mature, and most of all, she was sophisticated. She had a subscription to the Smithsonian Magazine. <laughs> Slide. Sorry. This is important for me because I want to go home. There we are. In May of 1986, we were married. To wrap around, a bow around this particular chapter, around 85, 86, was when televised church was dealt a staggering blow, in my opinion. Ron Popeil, the father of the infomercial, began offering to pay TV stations 
owners good money to air his long-form advertisements on Sunday morning, where heretofore the stations had practically given away the airtime. The difficulty for media ministers was that most of the churches lacked the ability to pay the new going rates, and their TV ministries were going off the air. In short, it appeared to me that my seminary Maycom classmates were graduating to become ministers of education, ministers of youth, ministers of music, at least the ones that got church jobs, and I could see the handwriting on the wall, finally. The union card of a seminary degree that I thought would ensure me of getting my job as a media minister at a church, uh, that golden ticket just didn't carry the weight that I thought it would any longer. I didn't get my seminary degree after all, but I did find my life partner, and I made some lasting friendships I treasure today. In September of 86, we moved to Atlanta, where Eileen became the children's music coordinator for several churches in the area, and ultimately, she stepped into the same position at Roswell Methodist in 1989, assuming a role that had been formerly held by Cheryl Rogers, her sister. Eileen was on staff at RUMC for 19 years and eight months. There are three moments, three God moments I want to try and share with you that happened during that intervening time, although they didn't really seem like it at the time. The first one goes all the way back to 1991 when Zell Miller had just been elected to governor of Georgia. One of his promises, if elected, was to trim the state payrolls. I was working for the state at the time, and I knew that my job wasn't mission critical, but I was also hopeful that I might slip through the cracks. One day, as a joke, a coworker cut a classified ad for an AV technician out of the newspaper and laid it on my desk. To apply, you had to send a letter in the U.S. mail. We didn't have email. We didn't have internet in 1991, remember, to a blind post office box. And just for fun, I sent in my resume. To my surprise, I got a phone call asking if I would be willing to come in for an interview. On the day of my appointment, I drove out to the office at the CDC and learned about a new experimental program they were trying out that involved video teleconferencing between Atlanta and Washington, as well as two other offices in Rockdale, Maryland, and Research Triangle Park, North Carolina. They had high hopes this new technology of video meetings they called Envision might take off and a number of endpoints might grow to a dozen or two. I liked what I heard and they seemed to like me. And later when I returned to my desk after the interview, there was a note on it to see another friend of mine who was down in the human resources office. She told me indeed my name was on the list for the reduction in force. The position at the CDC was a contracted one and I was offered the position a few days after the interview. My transition over was seamless and I was instrumental in developing a program that mushroomed over 40 sites in 24 months and it's still going strong to this day. For the second God moment, we needed to fast forward, we need to fast forward to 1993. A local AV company was holding its annual Christmas party and so the rumor has it the salesman for the company who handled church accounts got a little imbibed and took a swing at the owner of the company. <laughs> Needless to say there was an opening in the sales department on Monday morning. The director of sales had become a friend of mine over years, and I called to ask him if he was the person I needed to send my resume to. He offered me an entry-level trainee position, and in January of 1994, I went to work as, for this AV integrator as a bid estimator. The third God moment occurred in 1997. I had gotten the hang of calling manufacturers and getting special pricing for bids, but along the way had met many of the local sales reps for the various equipment companies. In May, I called a screen manufacturer about getting special pricing and learned from the national sales director that the new local sales rep that I had met a few months earlier didn't work out. He said, we're looking for somebody in the Atlanta area. Do you know anyone who might be interested? Without hesitation, I said, me. A few weeks later at the Infocom convention, which is the national convention for AV, that year held in Anaheim, California, 
I interviewed for the position. My appointment was at 5 a.m. in the morning in the lobby of the famed Bonaventure Hotel. It looked like I would be offered the job and I was torn between my loyalty to my friend, the sales manager who had taken a chance on me and this opportunity to be a regional sales rep. I called my friend, the sales director and told him the story and he heard him say, go for it. I'm sure you will do great at that job. I was hired to cover the states of South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. I enjoyed the travel and visiting AV companies across the Southeast and I developed strong relationships with my dealers, growing my territory every year by 10%. It was the second most favorite job I've ever had. In each of these situations, God prepared the way for me to move to the next place in my career and to grow as a professional in the AV industry. Each time it was a perfect time because it was God's time. I mentioned earlier that Eileen served at Roswell Methodist for 19 years and eight months. Why is that such an odd number? Well, it's my fault. And it segues into another God moment, my exodus to Houston, Texas. The word exodus means going out. And my going out to Houston, once again, revolves around my desire to do that which I felt I was called to do. And this time, God helped me along the way. In the early 2000s, when I was in a short series of short-lived jobs, God opened the door for me to work for a company that provided skilled labor to the AV industry. And I love that. The biggest assignment that I worked on was the integration of AV and video conferencing to a brand new, still under construction at the time, Building 19 at the Centers for Disease Control on Clifton Road. Called the Global Communication Center, it housed two large auditoriums, a host of classrooms, a distance learning center, a full-blown television production studio with sound stages, editing suites, obviously where I love to be. It was while on this assignment that I became familiar with the, familiar with the idea of taking disparate pieces of equipment, cobbling together, and making them work with other gear that would communicate and pass commands and data back and forth creating a system that facilitated the presentation of ideas and the exchange of information in a high-tech environment. Overwhelming and astounding. But it wasn't just the assembly and putting it all together. It was the documentation, the blueprints, and the labeling of the equipment. All that went with the packet. The entire process enchanted me. My inner Thomas Edison, Alexander Graham Bell, and of course, Samuel F. B. Morse, because I am a ham radio operator, were all awakened. But God knew that I needed to grow. So in 2005, at the end of the build-out, I was offered a position as a contractor to, as a brake-fix engineer at this new facility. I was both thrilled and disappointed at what became my second tour of the CDC. I was thrilled that my skills and passions had been recognized, but saddened that I would be nursing a freshly completed, completed brand new system and not building the next one. Because I was still an active firefighter and the life of an installer is a nomadic one. I knew this was the right decision. So I agreed to do the job for 12 months. I shake down crews, if you will. And then I wanted to get back out there and build something. That one year turned into two and then into three. I was doing a great job, of course, doing nothing, getting super reviews, and I got along great with everyone. Still, I was ready for something new. My manager at one point said to me, Scott, you're much too valuable for us to ever pull you out of the CDC. From that point on, I was bound and determined to make myself too valuable to leave the CD. I decided to put that time to good use. Sure. The National Association for the AV Industry offers two specialized certifications for those who can show proficiency in the areas of installation and design. I use my abundant free time to study and attain both of these certifications, the Certified Technical Specialist for Installation and the Certified Technical Specialist for Design. At the time, I was one of only about 150 people in the world with both certifications. Today, the National Association has a professional membership of over 11,000 people in 80 countries around the world, 
And the number of people who are doubles is still less than 500. So that was final slide, thank goodness. Finally, in 2008, I was tired of waiting. Puffed up with the fact that I'd become one of the elite people in the industry and who'd earned both specializations, I was determined to get back in out there and start building integrated systems again. I started looking around for places within the company that I could transfer to since Atlanta certainly didn't want me anywhere else but at the CDC. The Houston, Texas office of the company had an opening for a project engineer, so I applied for it. I was hired, and in November of 2008, I moved to Texas. In April of 2009, after the house sold, Eileen joined me, four months shy of her 20th anniversary at RUMC. While I was in Houston, I worked on several large multi-million dollar projects and three major additions and renovations at a very large Baptist church there. It was a very fulfilling time for me, and I felt I had finally achieved some closure to that quest that had driven me to move to Texas the first time two and a half decades earlier. But this is the part that sometimes really makes me step back and wonder why I felt such a strong calling to go to Texas, because not only did God use me, God used Eileen there as well. We began attending a small, growing what the kids call today, emerging church. At that time, there were maybe 200 members, but they were starting to see more and more young families come and bring their small children. The Sunday mornings definitely needed order, structure, and more importantly, safety for the children during their Sunday school worship times. And Eileen, well-versed in all of the above. She helped them establish age-appropriate groupings, search, research, and adopt curriculum, and train them in the safety policy called Safe Sanctuary, that not only addressed caregivers, but also provided guidance for the spaces where the children meet. Today, that small church has three campuses in greater Houston area. She stays in touch with her assistant who's still involved in the leadership of the children's program. While I was prepared to stay in Houston as long as necessary, I knew it wasn't going to be forever. It turned out to only be 20 months. The contingency sale in our house fell through. Eileen's father's health started to fail. And my Texas exodus ended in August of 2010. Meanwhile, Randy had met Jen, they'd fallen in love, and now they were engaged. They were both scheduled to graduate from HBU at the end of July. They both walked across and got their diplomas on the same afternoon. The next day, we all four moved back to Roswell. And a few weeks later, on September 11th, 2010, Randy's birthday, they were married on the edge of Lake Churfel in Mountain Park, Georgia. See, I told you he married up. He can never forget his anniversary ever again. God's timing is always perfect. My 20 months in Houston were so full of growth and learning, both professionally and personally, I need another hour to describe them. My current company, Herman Integration Services, was formally launched in June of 2012 at Infocom, the AV Industry National Trade Show. We got that. After that debut, the company president, Chris Bianche, was busy making the rounds and meeting owners and general managers of some of the top AV companies and their branch offices. He was following up on leads generated at the show, trying to drum up interest and get his business going. In August of 2012, he was in Atlanta and just come back from lunch with the GM of my branch office. They're standing in the parking lot saying goodbye and I'm headed out to lunch. I said hello, we shook hands and he gave me his business card. A few months later, on November 29th, my birthday, I was let go from the company. I emailed Chris, we talked on the phone and on December 12th, 12, 12, 12, I began my career with Herman Integration Services. Today is a senior field engineer, commissioning expert, regional supervisor. I'm doing what I feel I am called to do. I've worked all over the U.S., 27 states, 85 cities, from El Paso to Portland, Seattle to Miami. Today, I'm just six days removed from a two-month assignment 
that had me commuting to Philadelphia every week. I would leave home at 5 a.m. to fly up on Monday and walk in the door each Friday at 8 p.m. I had two week long assignments in Utah and Kansas prior to that. So I had been living out of a suitcase for the past 10 weeks now. Why this is remarkable is that on July 21st, Eileen fell in the bathroom of her home and broke her left femur above the knee. She had surgery and acute rehab at North Fulton. She came home where she has been confined to a bed ever since. God has blessed us with wonderful, loving, Christian, skilled nursing care and attendants who have become, come to love, we have come to love throughout the week. And Eileen's sister, Cheryl, has been orchestrating, I think she's very good at, everything. I mentioned earlier that when you marry someone, you marry their family. I've been so blessed to be an in-law. I can never put into words my gratitude and heartfelt thanks for what Cheryl has done in my place while I have been out slaying the woolly mammoth to keep our family going. Her husband, Art, also deserves recognition. I am home this week and off to Allentown, PA, on Monday for two weeks to install several video walls. After that, I'm not sure. The blessing and the curse of my schedule is that I is rarely filled in past one to two weeks out. One of the reasons it was such a God thing that I had a two-month assignment. I'm blessed to be doing what I love and apparently something I'm pretty good at. It's not the career I dreamed I would have when I was 25 years old, but I'm a testament to the adage, do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. <clears throat> and to that end, I would add, use the gifts God has given you, no matter how nerdy and difficult they are to explain to your mother. Be grateful for them and share them generously. So that is a look back at who I am, what I do, and some of the God moments I've had along the way. One thing I've realized is that all of these events are only really appreciated when seen through the optics of the passage of time. When you're thick of it, you rarely have the pleasure of retrospection. And even if you did, the context and full appreciation of how these elements all were interwoven by God is impossible to see without the benefit of the hindsight. So when I'm asked about my current situation, Eileen can find a bed me at home after being essentially gone for two weeks and leaving again soon. The fact that I don't have a rock solid assignment through the end of the year, I can reply only the way I know how. So long as I will let him, God is in control. He's done an amazing job so far, in spite of my best efforts to take over on many occasions. And even though it's very difficult at times to trust him with something like my job and financial security, I've got to keep reminding myself I have been blessed beyond measure, and there's still countless blessings yet for me to receive. Thank you for listening, and thank you for not falling asleep. This is torture for an audio guy to see all that went on here. This, I did this just for you. I've never had these kind of problems before. <laughs> you know, I got up here and said we'd had no problems with electronics. That is, that's, you know, everyone's ka-ching, right? Uh, we use these same cameras to Zoom choirs, which has turned into a way to let people who can't be there, not comfortable being there, whatever it happens to be, still participate in choir. And there are a few settings on these cameras that I didn't know about, but apparently um, Cami does know about. And so I will be getting a lesson later today in how to properly reset things. Um, I really like the use of the word God. It means something different to every individual because God means something different to every individual and how he impacts our lives means something different to every individual. So we've got, I'm going to do a breakout room. I'll try to for the guys online. Um, take a few minutes around your table to talk about, you know, a God moment. Maybe it was 20 years ago. Maybe it was 20 hours ago. Um, but share that and we'll do quick prayer concerns here at the end. But um, I want to thank Scott for 
putting up with uh, someone demonstrating all the things that can go wrong with audio engineering while he's trying to speak at the same time. That takes a lot of concentration. And uh, I'm so appreciative that he uh, didn't just storm out of the room, said, I'll be back when you're ready. <laughs> so um, take just a moment and talk about God moment. Back together. Okay, good. Well, welcome back from the breakout room. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go table by table. I'm a little, I, I don't know if the audio is going to work, so I'll let the breakout room, the Zoom folks, go first. Um, Jeff, uh, Ross, I'm going to uh, I'm going to pick on you if you would to say how how things are going with your group and some God moments that came out. <laughs> well, the the notion of I am in the burning bush is something that has always uh, resonated in me. Um, so I that I think that's really cool. Well, it's it's great to to be with a group of people who are not afraid to talk about God moment. Um, it is something that, you know, you don't hear often when you're sitting, waiting for, you know, you're, you're to get on board an airplane or whatever it happens to be. It's funny. I, my head is so caught up in airplanes right now because of Mary's trip. You don't really want to hear a lot of God moment conversations as people are boarding airplanes, right? That's <laughs> maybe, maybe that's not the, the very, very best time to do that. Well, it, uh, I, I, as I was taking a few notes as Scott was speaking this morning, and as he gave a very clear and passionate call for, if you need a uh, colonoscopy, don't put it off. Um, I was reminded of one of the very first songs I learned that Scott's sister-in-law, Cheryl, wrote, sings in, and I don't know the other artists that's in it with it, but it's, um, it's titled... <laughs> It's not church conversation. It's titled "Up Yours," and um, I will uh, I won't play it here in the room, but I, I might send out a link. It is delightfully funny. It's a wonderful song, and it was one of the first ways times I got to hear Cheryl Rogers um, put together something that was clever, purposeful, and, and and meaningful. I will put a plug in. I know Cheryl is singing. Uh, he is worthy. What's the name of the song? Uh, who was there last night? He is worthy. Cheryl, I think, is going to sing the solo line to that. It's a choir anthem version of it. And we're doing it sometime in the next month or so. And so uh, we look forward to, to doing that. So uh, we're Scott, would you come up here and uh, close us up in prayer? To, to fill in the blank, that song was written for the National Convention of uh, Colonoscopy Doctors, whatever they call themselves. And uh, they're going to shine a little light. <laughs> Up yours. <laughs> All right. So now after that raucous body statement, let's let's go to the Lord. God, thank you for this chance to gather with these men and share this time. And while we all have different callings and careers and paths, some of them easy to explain to our mothers and some not so much. You have led all of us through our careers and guided us and corrected us and helped us as we thought we knew what we were doing to realize that you have a better plan for us if we'll just let you lead. Thank you for how you've blessed all of us. And as we leave this place, God, go with us, continue to bless us, keep us all safe. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior.